Hey, welcome to Tape Talk Radio, friends. I'm your host, Quint Tatro. We are taking a break this week from the live show, but we wanted to do something very special. If you are in and around the Kentucky region, you know what time it is. It is Keeneland time. That's right. Twice a year, October and April, Keeneland opens one of the most special racetracks in the country. So we wanted to bring back an interview that we did that I think you're going to find is very special. Nothing on this show is a recommendation to buy or sell securities. While stocks and the stock market will be discussed on this program, check with your advisor or a professional before investing. Helping people navigate the world of money for the past 17 years. Ladies and gentlemen, your hosts of Tape Talk Radio, Quint Tatro and Daniel Zolno. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to another edition of Tape Talk Radio. I am your host today, Quint Tatro, giving Daniel a day off. And in fact, we're going to go a little different direction today and go a total, total day off from the markets. That's right. If you're new to the show, well, what are you doing? Why are you not listening to the show either on this fine station every weekend from 11 to 12 or via the podcast? That's right. You can find us on iTunes or Stitcher. Just type in Tape Talk Radio and you can get some of our goodness that we throw out there regarding the financial markets. But every once in a while, if you are a regular listener, you know, you know that I like to deviate a little bit. I bring in folks that are uh, passionate about their small business. We'll do a small business spotlight. But every once in a while, every once in a while, I run into someone that I think Oh, my goodness. I have been blessed to have a stage from which to broadcast. More often than not, again, that's about financial stuff. But every once in a while, I get to use this stage kind of as a like a giddy little boy who brings in a legend, someone that I am a big fan of, who agrees. I don't know. It's phenomenal that he even agreed to do this today. Uh, to come in and talk and to really just kind of swap some stories. So for those of you who are not aware of this individual, uh, if you're from this area, I'm sure you are. If those are listening to the podcast or not, Ursel Ellis is a legend in the horse business uh, and is with us today. And, and I won't give you any other background other than the name because I want that to come from him so, Ursel, thank you so much for joining the show today, and welcome. Well, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Maybe I learned something. I need a little help financially. <laughs> Buy low, sell high. Done. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's all you need. Same as the horse business, right? Buy low, sell high. Yeah, I wish it was that easy. Yeah, exactly. I wish it was that easy in the markets as well. Ursel, uh, you have a long history in the horse business, and for those listeners, so you have your own show. We'll get to that in a minute, which is fascinating. I'm a fan. Uh, I loved the uh, write-up that they just did uh, for you or on you in the Keeneland Magazine. That was really neat. Um, and, and obviously probably one of many that have been done over the years. Um, but give us a little bit of your history, uh, where you're from, how long you've been in the business, what drew you to the business, et cetera. Well, I was born into the business. Uh, I'm a second-generation horseman. My father uh, was born in uh, 1892, and his first job in the horse business with, uh, was with August Belmont, uh, who owned uh, the nursery stud out on the Georgetown Pike out here. And uh, my dad went to work there, and he was there in uh, 1917, and he uh, put the first halter on a foal who later became man of war. Wow. And uh, that was my claim to fame. I'll sign off now. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to get uh, into more of the story of man of war uh, because when I, very, when I first met you, you told me a story that was amazing. You, you probably forgot what you told me because I know you are uh, a legend with your story uh, telling, but... Uh, so he was on the farm. He, he put the first halter on Man of War. Uh, when did you come along, and how did how did you you know get involved? My dad became manager of Dixiana Farm in 1927, and uh, that was owned by Charles T. Fisher. And where was that? I'm going to interrupt you a lot here. Okay, just, just, so. it's out the Russell Cave Road, 
it's uh, six miles out on the Rusk on the right. It was about 1,200 acres at that time. It's still there. I was going to ask, still yeah. there under the same name or different name? No, it's uh, it's still under Dixiana. Okay. The, the original name was uh, 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 Major Back Brack Thomas, who was a Confederate veteran, mm. and uh, after the Civil War, he had this land and he had horses and his favorite broodmare was Dixie and he named the farm after Dixie, Dixiana. And it's uh, been that way ever since. It's gone through various owners and everything and uh, Mr. Fisher bought it in 1929 and uh, from James Cox Brady who had uh, bought the land and fixed it all up and modernized it and then promptly died. Mm. And uh, so Mr. Fisher came in. F that's Fisher body. He made the uh, uh, the bodies for Chevrolets, Pontiacs, Oldsmobiles, Buicks, and Cadillacs. Mm. General Motors, in other words. That uh, yeah. was Charles. Taylor. Really nice man. And uh, they, the Fisher family, they were from up in Michigan, originally from Cincinnati, I think. Mm. And he'd been a blacksmith. That's how he started out. They were making buggies, you know. And then uh, when the Automobiles came along, you know, they started making bodies for automobiles. So that's where Mr. Fisher made his money. So my dad went to work for him in 1929. I was born two years later. And uh, the proximity to the man of war with Dixiana was very close. And, uh, you know, uh, man of war was at the Huffman Mill Road. You know where the WLAP I do. transmitter is? Sure. Okay. Well, that road right beside it there is Huffman Mill. If you turn down that road and go four or five miles through Maddox Town, past Domino's Grave, and on the right you'll find uh, the, where Man of War stood its stud. Mm. But anyway, that's that's how I got into the business. So. Well, you skipped over a lot there, so let's, let's go back and dissect because our audience, so... Primarily, again, this is going to be a maybe. There's horse fans in the business. I'm I, for those of you that don't know my history. Originally from upstate New York, I came here to Lexington in 1996, and one of the primary draws uh, for me coming here was my my love of horses. Now, not uh, you know, admittedly, I, I candidly admit that it was not because I like to saddle up and go out and check fence line. I liked to go to the races uh -huh. and uh, and try my hand at at you know the the exotic uh, bets here and there and and grew up at a a local little track called the Finger Lakes Racetrack in upstate New York. But nonetheless, um, so for those of you, fans or for those listening to the show, um, maybe they're into horses, they're not. But w the dates that you just described there um, are important in the financial world. Uh, they're important in United States history because. Yeah. You, you said that, that's exactly right. So you said a farm changed hands in 1929. Mm -hmm. um, if it was anything prior to October, that was, uh, you know, the, the roaring 20s. Uh, October came around and all of a sudden we had the crash, which which set off a, a significant depression that mm -hmm. didn't end until 19. Well, admittedly, probably didn't end to the 50s. But um, the, the 1930s, we're talking the height of the of the depression. The United States stock market went down by over 90, 90. That's nine zero percent. That's why I always love these people that just buy, it, hold, it and forget touch it. Didn't touch, Mr. Fisher. That's what I was going to ask. So, so, so this was, and and it's certainly the case in history. I mean, uh, with the super wealthy, uh, it was not an issue. But horse racing at that time um, was something that our country embraced. Is that not accurate? Uh, movies, uh, entertainment, and it seems like horse racing. All through the uh, the 30s and through the 40s and the 50s uh, and up into the 60s, I would say, it was very, very popular. It probably, it, most of the time, it, during those years, it was the most popular spectator sport. Sure. And uh, rivaling probably boxing, right? I mean, at that time, I mean, boxing had a huge following as well, or right. baseball and, and so forth. Well, it was statistically, it, it number one. both. Wow, no kidding. Uh -huh. So you then come along in 1931. Uh, and Remember that day exactly. <laughs> of course. Uh, and so 
I, you know, similarities in that um, I grew up in the financial business. My father was a broker for 40 some years. My great grandfather was on Wall Street during the Depression. Um, he, he ultimately was in, in the business, I think, for 60 some years. Um, so I grew up in and around it as well. And I'm assuming that was a lot of your uh, lifestyle that, you know, dad would come home and, and talk about, uh, you know, the, the business or talk about the farm. Now, did you live on the farm as yeah. farm manager? Did he have a place on the yeah, farm? Yeah, lived on the farm. So you literally grew up at Dixiana Farm. Yes, I did. Okay, so now you're uh, going through high school, and, and uh, where'd you go to high school here? Lafayette. Lafayette High School. Lafayette graduate. Uh, did you play in the band? Was it a good band at that time? I don't know. <laughs> No, I played, a, <laughs> played a little football. Okay, I don't know. I, I, Lafayette has like an incredible band, right, or something like that, an incredible that. marching band. Yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I, I always gran- see them I on. Have grandchildren were graduates, but neither uh, one of them were in the band. Okay, well, anyways, that, that's the only thing I know about Lafayette. Anyways, um, but nonetheless, what what was your your first personal experience in the horse business? That I can remember? Yeah, that you can remember. Well, of course, I remember the first time my dad took me to Keeneland. Mm-hmm. That would have been probably been about 1937, 1938. Okay. And uh, we went out there to see a Dixiana horse one. Mm-hmm. And uh, his name was Aaron Torch. I remember it real. I remember it just like I can remember yesterday. Wow. Probably better. Better, I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> when you get right down to it. And he won. And... Three days later, we went back and put him right back in another race, and he won again. What would he pay on that first win? Do you know? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, interesting. So I don't know. You were more interested, certainly, in the horse. That's great. Okay. Yeah. So two days later, they put him back? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Did he win again? Yes, he did. Oh, wow. Okay. I can tell you a long story about that horse. Well, we'll have to come back because we got a break coming up. But I want to know, so... Uh, you know, if we take through every year, we'll, we'll be here for two days, which we might have to do at some point because that would be a little, that would be fun. Um, but but you're, you've been in the training side. You've been in the, the selling side. You've been in the buying side. So what was your first experience with real skin in the game other than at the betting window? Probably, uh, if you want to get right down, my first experience in the horse business was cleaning stalls. And uh, I started doing that when I was about nine years old before my Dad would put me to work, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, then a couple of years later, I would walk hots at the training stable, and that's cooling out horses, you know, and uh, just everything from then on, you know, I mean, eventually, I, I'd done about everything there is to do in a horse business, none of it very well, but it was a fun trip. That's awesome. All right, we have to take our first break, and uh, we're going to start unpacking more of uh, the horse business and what's been going on recently uh, as well as uh, a, a revitalized or uh, rebirthed interview that uh, was just aired um, a couple of weeks ago uh, that uh, is between our guest and Penny Shenery. Um, and uh, obviously, as you know, she, she recently passed. So we'll talk about that when we return. You're listening to a special Tape Talk Radio with our special guest. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Where the sun shines bright on my old Kentucky home It's summer, the people are gay This high-stakes political battle The fight Fight for America's soul We gotta fight like hell To shift the balance Take control of the House Take back the Senate Of power Power That's what the election is about Updates on the midterms Back and forth until November On News Radio 630 WLAP I've been in the market a long time I've seen a lot of ups and downs The bear market of 08 and 09 How about the flash crash? The tech bubble burst? Huh, Lehman, Bear Stearns? But I gotta tell you, 2018, it's been a doozy. The volatility has increased, panic seems to ensue around every corner, and the headlines? Huh, the headlines? In my experience, one of the greatest challenges most investors face is not having a plan. In bull markets, bear markets, consolidating markets, Having a plan is critical and an advisor with experience to execute that plan. If you would like a second opinion, now's a great time to sit down for a free consultation. 
Call us at 881-0777. That's 881-0777. Or visit us on the web at retirementky.com. And tune in each week for our show, Tape Talk Radio, on 630 WLAP. So I just discovered DazzleMe.com. It started out as the jewelry department at the Home Consignment Center. And now their entire jewelry collection, one of my rings is there as well. That's on DazzleMe.com. From the big name luxury brands, and you know which ones I'm talking about, to the unique designers that you just can't find anywhere else. All at a fraction of the price. And with free shipping. Visit DazzleMe.com today. See what the buzz is all about. I'm going back on DazzleMe.com tonight. It's time to get your pumpkin on at Frisch's Big Boy. Come on in for that delicious hometown favorite pumpkin pie you crave. How about our new smooth and creamy pumpkin cheesecake? It's so good. Or maybe you're wanting to dive into that colossal one-of-a-kind taste of our pumpkin spice caramel cake. All of these incredible pumpkin dessert favorites are handmade from scratch with care. Favorites like these can only be found at Frisch's Big Boy. So you better hurry in and get your pumpkin on, because these great pumpkins won't last forever. You do know it's 2 a.m., yes? Uh, yeah. And you know you've refreshed that site 15 straight times now. Uh, yeah. And nothing's changing. Same page, same pictures, same posts. So why? I need to find a doctor in my area, but it's really hard, and so... I stopped and started doing this. Okay, well first, stop scrolling. Nothing good is being posted this late anyway, and it's social media. This is when the bad comments come out. And second, know that with Anthem, you get access to an online tool to help you find the right doctor that's convenient for you and in network. Oh, that is nice. It is. You know it's not? That picture you just liked. What, what even is that? A picture of cupcakes my sister made. Those are cupcakes? thought they were meatballs. For all the things that keep you up at night, Anthem has a solution, like finding you a doctor who's convenient for you, in your area and network, all through a simple online tool. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Rest easy. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Anthem Health Plans of Kentucky, Inc. This is Tape Talk Radio with Quint Tatro and Daniel Zolno. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Tape Talk Radio, a special edition this week, taking a break from the financial markets, interviewing a special guest, Ursel Ellis. I want to ask you, Ursel, that's a unique name. What, what's the history of the origin of your first name, Ursel? I'm a junior. Okay. <laughs> what about Ursel Sr.? So <laughs> I, have not, I have not the faintest idea. Never wondered. Never wondered. Well, yes, what, I have because I've hated the name all my life. <laughs> what, do you have a nickname? I mean, I would assume as someone, you know, in the horse business, nobody gave you a nickname all that time, nothing? For many, many years, they called me Boy. That's it, Boy. Boy, well, because the- I was uh, a second child. My sister was five years older than me, and uh, when people would come in uh, after I was born, they would say, how's the boy? How's the boy? And then boy, and I think I was in the sixth grade before I knew how to spell Ursula. <laughs> I don't know how to spell it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I would spell it. Although I saw it on your belt, so I, I guess I could figure it out. All right. So in the history that that we've uh, covered thus far in in segment one, uh, we've taken you up to to basically cleaning stalls, and I'm 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 prodding. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to get to the goodness here because at somewhere along the line, you you started uh, training and you started getting into that side of the business where, where did that come into play and how did that come in well uh, when i came back out of the service uh i'm a korean vet mm. and i went on a racetrack and traveled with the dixiana racing stable for several you know a couple of years till i got married and, uh, and then i came back went to uk on gi bill and i went to work uh, i was working at the same time while i was going to school still working for dixiana uh, went to work for the Blood Horse magazine, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that was invested a couple of years there. I think the f- I m- owned my first horse in 1964, and it was a filly, um, and we got ready to run out of Keeneland. Uh, she was by a horse named Mr. Music, and we Gail Warning was her name. And we got her ready to run out of Keeneland and took her up to Arlington Park, and I won't forget this now. She paid $52 first time out. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, very nice, yeah. And uh, I started to, I bought a few mares off the racetrack to breed my own. 
And uh, I always, yeah, I was leasing farms all this time. Well, even mm-hmm. while I was working at the Blood Horse, I, mean, I always had a farm. Hmm. I own a little farm now down in Bourbon County. But uh, I always had a farm and I always raised horses and uh, usually sold them. I would train them, get ready. Most of them I would get ready to run and uh, sell them. The ones that could run, I would sell. When you're poor folks, you know, you sell. Mm. You wouldn't know about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you look at you're talking to a guy who came from nothing, so I, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but uh, I would sell. Uh, I had buyers for most of these horses. You know, the mm-hmm. mares that I bought were mares off the racetrack. None of them had much pedigree, but to go all good race mares. And uh, I bought. I think I had five mares, and three of the five were excellent producers. And I could sell the foals out of them. Bob Murray, who founded the American Inn here in Lexington, mm. and Buck Diefel, who owned uh, Town and Country Paint, I believe it was. Anyway, they bought everything out of two mares that we had. I mean, I was, they were sold as a weanling. Mm-hmm. You know, basically, oh, yeah. you know, I mean. As soon as they could uh, I never walk got to race those. Wow. You know, we always, Jackie and I, Jack, my wife is, uh, in addition to being a lawyer, she's a licensed horse trainer. And uh, we trained together, had a lot of fun. Awesome. And we would, you know, load up in our trailer, and we'd go to Ellis Park, or we'd go to River Downs or Turfway. Or if you're desperate, you went to Beulah Park up in Grove City, Ohio. And uh, but it was fun, you know. I mean, we we had a blast. That's great. It, it really was. Now we uh, we're coming up on our other break, so what we're gonna do is um, you you've gotten a, a handle on who it is that we're talking to. Someone who at at nine years of age started mucking stalls, um, eighty six years uh, young today, uh, and now has evolved into someone who has uh, probably the predominant and and the, the most notable um, radio show. Uh, once a once a week uh, broadcast on Saturdays, and we'll hear more about that. Talking about the industry, uh, what's happening, and there's really been, if you've been asleep at the wheel, I think uh, that there's really been a revitalization over the last few years. The economy certainly has helped that. Triple Crown winner has helped that. Um, but it seems to me, especially if you look at the numbers going on out at Keeneland and the sales. Uh, that the business is in full swing. And so we're going to talk about that when we uh, when we return. Again, you're listening to Tape Talk Radio. If you're new to the show, this is definitely not the norm. Uh, we talk about financial markets, the economy, et cetera, every week or on our podcast, Tape Talk Radio. You can learn more about our firm by visiting retirementky.com. That's retirementky.com. We'll be back with our special guest, Ursel Ells, in just one moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Tape Talks Radio. I've been in the market a long time. I've seen a lot of ups and downs. The bear market of 08 and 09. How about the flash crash? The tech bubble burst? Huh, Lehman, Bear Stearns. But I got to tell you, 2018, it's been a doozy. The volatility has increased. Panic seems to ensue around every corner. And the headlines? Huh, the headlines? In my experience, one of the greatest challenges most investors face is not having a plan. In bull markets, bear markets, consolidating markets, having a plan is critical and an advisor with experience to execute that plan. If you would like a second opinion, now's a great time to sit down for a free consultation. Call us at 881-0777. That's 881-0777. Or visit us on the web at retirementky.com. And tune in each week for our show, Tape Talk Radio, on 630 WLAP. Attention. It's Saturday, October 6th. What's new today on the free iHeartRadio app? iHeartRadio. October is here, and we've got your fall-themed playlists. Our Halloween playlist is perfect for decorating the house or just setting the scary mood. Our pumpkin spicy playlist has chill tracks with flavor and spice with no aftertaste. Plus, football season is in full swing. Make sure you break out all our great tailgate party playlists, whether you're at home or the stadium. The new iHeartRadio free fall playlist collection. Check them out now.
on Capitol Hill. Protesters against the confirmation of Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh, but there are pro-Kavanaugh protesters as well. And President Trump tweeting this morning that they are a beautiful thing to see, and today is a big day for America. This morning, Judge Brett Kavanaugh has the votes to be confirmed to the Supreme Court. I will vote to confirm Judge Kavanaugh. Republican Senator Susan Collins, a crucial swing vote, announcing her support during a 45-minute speech. ABC senior congressional correspondent Mary Bruce on Capitol Hill. Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski, the lone Republican who will not support Kavanaugh's nomination. She'll abstain from the vote, but she feels that even with Kavanaugh on the court, that abortion rights will be safe. I, I do not think that Judge Kavanaugh will be a vote to overturn Roe versus Wade. Dave Packer, ABC News. It is a summer-like feel that continues across the bluegrass as we kick off the first part of your weekend. Today, we'll see a mix of sunny clouds take over for the afternoon hours. A few isolated showers and thunderstorms will be a possibility with warm highs in the mid to upper 80s. As we get into tonight, conditions are nice and dry, partly cloudy skies taking over as lows drop into the mid to upper 60s. For your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLEP, I'm WKYT meteorologist Chris Johnson. Broadcasting live 24 7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeart Radio Station. I've been in the market a long time. I've seen a lot of ups and downs. The bear market of 08 and 09. How about the flash crash? The tech bubble burst? Huh. Lehman, Bear Stearns. But I got to tell you, 2018, it's been a doozy. The volatility has increased. Panic seems to ensue around every corner. And the headlines? Huh, the headlines? In my experience, one of the greatest challenges most investors face is not having a plan. In bull markets, bear markets, consolidating markets, having a plan is critical. And an advisor with experience to execute that plan. If you would like a second opinion, now's a great time to sit down for a free consultation. Call us at 881-0777. That's 881-0777. Or visit us on the web at retirementky.com. And tune in each week for our show, Tape Talk Radio, on 630 WLAP. Alabama, live in concert. Song, song of the South. Friday, December 7th, Rupp Arena, a historic night in Lexington, Kentucky for one night only. Alabama with Ricky Skaggs and the Kentucky Headhunters. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Presented by iHeartRadio. Now back to Tape Talk Radio with Quint Tatro and Daniel Zolno. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Tape Talk Radio with your host, Quint Tatro, and special guest, Ursel Ellis, this weekend. If you're just tuning in, you have missed already half of a great show, uh, and you can find that on the podcast. Just hit up Tape Talk Radio through iTunes or Stitcher. I'm going to get right into it. Ursel, the first time I met you, uh, I was introduced here at the station. I learned of your show. Sadly, I, and admittedly, I did not know uh, that you had a show, and so I, I immediately started listening. Um, I've been looking for that podcast, by the way. I think we need to talk about that. I think you need a podcast, but we, we can talk about that another time. But nonetheless, you told me a story. I said to you, oh, I bet you got some great stories of the industry, and come to find out that's what you're known for. Uh, and you said, I said, what's the most notable thing you can, you can remember? And I think you, you know, you quipped or something and said, well, today or yesterday or whatever it was. And then you said the man of war funeral. Mm -hmm. And then you went in to describe what happened and your memory of that event. Can you take us through that again? When was it? What happened? Why was it so great? What was the importance, et cetera? Well, he died in 1947, uh, in November 1947, and uh, died on November the 1st, and then they had the funeral. WLAP broadcasted nationwide, by the way. I had first 
my dad had taken me to see Man of War when I was six years old. Uh, the horse at that time was already 20. And I'd heard all of these stories from my father. How many of them were true? I don't know, but they were great stories, which I've passed along, you know. <laughs> but I was all struck by the horse, you know. I mean, he was, he was just a, hard to describe him. It really was. And Hazeltine, Herbert Hazeltine, who did the statue, he probably said it best. He said there was something emanating from that noble animal that took my breath away. And that was true. And it did me even when I was six, for crying out loud. Mm. So Dad was managing Dixiana, and it was about a, I could get, I could ride my bike over there about in 15 minutes, you know. So during the summer months, I'd, I'd go see Man of War. Got to know Mr. Harbert, Will Harbert, who was a groom. Uh, my dad told me, if you're going over and getting away, you call him Mr. Harbert. <laughs> <laughs> so I always have. And uh, so I just learned to love the horse, and I was in awe of the horse. He was just, I've never, my dad, had, when, I, when he took me to, to see him the first time, he says, boy, you take a good look at this horse because you're never going to see another one like him. And I'm 86 years old, and, uh, you know, that was 70 years ago, and I haven't. I've never seen another one like him. He was unique physically. People who did know nothing about a horse, wouldn't know which end of a horse a tail was on, would see a picture of Man of War, and they'd say, oh, that's Man of War. I mean, he was, he was that unique, the power that that horse had. So I, you know, I just worshipped him. And uh, so we went to the funeral uh, as 1947, and incidentally, Mr. Harbert had passed away just a month earlier. He'd been his groom for the last 17 years of the horse's life. And uh, big crowd on Huffman Mill Road. You know, it was a two-ling road. We had to park, oh gosh, up by Domino's Grave, which is about 200 yards away, and walk in. And we stayed out on the fringe uh, because of... I didn't want to see him like that, and neither did my dad. But uh, we were there for the whole funeral, and we left before they lowered the casket in. They had embalmed the horse, by the way, mm. which never happens to horses. You <laughs> know, it just doesn't. And uh, they were broadcasting it uh, nationally. And uh, the speakers there were Leslie Combs of Spendthrift Farm and Bull Hancock of Claiborne Farm and uh, the the uh, Ira Driving was a master of ceremonies. They had the head of Charlie Sturger was uh, head of the uh, uh, the business section of election and what, what he Chamber of Commerce. I think I think he called it something else at that time. And he uh, spoke about the impact that the horse had on tourism. Of course, this was before interstates. Mm. But I never went over there in my life that there weren't tour people there. Uh, to come to see this horse. And they estimated that uh, down through the years, and it wasn't easy to uh, uh, to get there, you know. Uh, over a million people had come to see him. Mr. Harbert, he had a sense of humor, and he could give tell a great story. I mean, he would tell all this story the, uh, about Man of War and Man of War's progeny and so forth, you know, and all this stuff. Some of it was accurate, but it was all entertaining. He was a showman, and uh, he'd been quoted many times by m different members of the press, and uh, they always quote him in a s heavy dialect, you know. He was black. He was African-American, and that was kind of a put-on because he, I, I, you talked to him, and he, wasn't, he didn't have that stricter dialect, but he thought, you know, that part of the show. But... Uh, for instance, the, uh, back during the 30s, this is way before your time, there were quintuplets built that were born up in uh, Canada. Mm. Five babies, all girls. And the, um, your parents, I guess they got a babysitter, but anyway, they came down to see Man of War, um, Dion quintuplets. And they came in, and Mr. Dion said, said to Mr. Harbert, says, boy, says, 
I'm really looking forward to seeing Man of War. And Mr. Harvey says, yes, sir. He says, and he's looking forward to see you. Because <laughs> you know? he's got five. That's right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, let me, let me, so let me interject a couple of things here. Um, because, again, our audience, I, I can't assume. I think your audience on your show is obviously very knowledgeable about the horse industry. I'm amazed that Man of War um, doesn't get as much um uh, I don't know, press, I guess, is a lack for a better better term. I mean, we've had movies about Secretariat, um, Seabiscuit, you know, um, books have been, and I, mean, I know books have been written about Man of War, but we drive on this highway every day here in, in town. Man of War Boulevard. Man of War Boulevard. Yeah. So what made him so great? What, why, why was he so revered? Because he could do things other horses couldn't do. Like what? Like run fast. Well, <laughs> there's a lot of horses that could run fast, though. Not I mean, like him. so so did he break records? Does the record still yes. hold today? What, he what? set five world or six records in his in his three year old season. And he was he a miler? Or was he? I mean, was he a distance horse? Did it he matter? Would, he would run as he would run as far as he was asked to go. Mm. He was uh, a fair play. He was that's who he was by out of a mare named Mahuba by Roxanne. He inherited. Everything that a horse should have, as Mr. Harbert used to say, he's got everything that a horse should have, and he's got it where a horse should have it. And it all came together with him. His stride was measured at 29 feet. Mm. Secretariat's was 24. The average thoroughbred is 22 feet. He had such power mm. that he could drive himself to that distance in a, one stride. And, you know, it was most of his races especially in his, as he had been running for a while, were against time. Uh, if you go back and look at his past performances, almost every race it says eased or pulled up or won in a gallop, you know. But he did, he dominated the sport more than any human athlete had dominated up to that time. Now, he's not a Triple Crown winner. Didn't run in the Triple Crown. Didn't didn't run in the Derby, right? Didn't didn't run no, in the Derby, but, run in the derby. but he, his first start of the year was in the Preakness. Came back and won the Preakness. Yeah. Won the Belmont. Right. Uh, probably would have won the Derby easily. Well, Mister Riddle, who owned him, did not want to run the horse that early in his career. Uh, he thought a mile and a quarter, you know, in May was too early for a three-year-old. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact. He didn't run one in the Derby until 1937 when War Admiral won the Triple Crown. Mm. And War Admiral was by man of war. But that was the, the first time that he had put a horse in the Kentucky Derby. Mm. That was 20 years later. I wonder if, you know, some of the notoriety is not... I mean, again, you're in your mind and you're here in this lo location geograph geographically... Man of War, probably the best horse that's ever lived. Um, many, many folks outside of that don't have that understanding, probably because of of that right there, right? Did, did, did you happen to see Arrogate winning the Dubai World Cup? No, no. Well, it was a stunning performance. It just happened. Okay. In Dubai. Now, this is a foreign announcer. When that horse hit the finish line, and he turned in a tremendous effort. He said, are we seeing the anointment of the man of war of the 21st century? Mm. It's 100 years after the horse's death. Mm. He's still the measuring stick. Wow. They uh, published a book, a magazine, uh, the Blood Horse magazine, of the best horses of the 21st, uh, 20th century. And uh, historians uh, voted and everything. Man of war was number one mm. over Secretariat. In addition, the, you do the math, right? We're talking about um, 19. When 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 would he, when was the peak of his career? Oh, it's three OC in nineteen twenty. Nineteen twenty. So we're still pre pre uh, depression, pre. But his crop, and it's something we'll come back to because you you said a word that a lot of people in the horse industry won't know. You said the progeny, right? Right.
that's how a lot of uh, horses are measured. For those of you listening and learning for the first time, there a horse's uh, progeny when a when a horse is uh, a, a, a stallion or a, a a colt when they're running, and then ultimately they um, become a sire, which is a, a, a you know they go I don't know they have a they they go out to the pasture and have a good time for the rest of their life, which is pretty cool. His sons and daughters were were some incredible. Um, racehorses, and and still uh, the the family line to this day uh, is is pretty incredible as well. In fact, um, uh, we have a a, a foal right now uh, from Summerfront of Warfront of War Admiral, right? Mm-hmm. So it goes back a uh, very very long ways. The 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 sire line is uh, carried on right now, made basically uh, through Tis now. Wow, through Tis now. Yeah. All right, we got to take another break. Um, we're going to come back and have only one one segment, which stinks because I could do this all day. We're listening to a legend, Ursel Ellis, and we're talking horse racing. That's what we're doing today on Tape Talk Radio. You never know what you're going to get on this show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Run, old Molly, run. Run, old Molly, run. Tin Brook's going to beat you to the bright, shining sun. To the bright, shining sun. Oh, Lord, to the bright, shining sun. Tin Brook's was a big bay. From work, to kids, to running errands, you're always on the go. To work, the gym, or running errands. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Hey Alexa, play News Radio 630 WLAP on iHeartRadio. I've been in the market a long time. I've seen a lot of ups and downs. The bear market of 08 and 09? How about the flash crash? The tech bubble burst? Huh, Lehman, Bear Stearns. But I got to tell you, 2018, it's been a doozy. The volatility has increased. Panic seems to ensue around every corner. And the headlines? Huh, the headlines? In my experience, one of the greatest challenges most investors face is not having a plan. In bull markets, bear markets, consolidating markets, having a plan is critical and an advisor with experience to execute that plan. If you would like a second opinion, now's a great time to sit down for a free consultation. Call us at 881-0777. That's 881-0777. Or visit us on the web at retirementky.com. And tune in each week for our show, Tape Talk Radio, on 630 WLAP. I'm voting in the midterm elections because my constitutional right. Because my ancestors died. And to make it better for my children. The women before me fought endlessly. So we can remain free. Helping your community out. I'm voting in the midterm elections because. I know every vote makes a difference. My opinion matters. I vote. I vote. I vote. I vote in the midterm election. To register to vote, go to imamavoter.com. And don't forget to vote Tuesday, November 6th. Sponsored by iHeartMedia and the Civic Culture Coalition. I'm Andy Barr, and I approve this message. We've all heard Amy McGrath's most recent ad. Andy Barr says I'm for open borders, socialized medicine, and abortion in the ninth month. It's all ridiculous. Amy McGrath claims she won't support a radical agenda. But here's McGrath in her own words. So would you build the wall? No, I would not build the wall. Here's McGrath on socialized medicine. I was essentially socialized medicine my entire adult life, and let me tell you, it was awesome. And here's Amy McGrath on abortion. So you think a woman on the way to the hospital to give birth could decide to abort it instead? I don't think that government should be involved in a woman's right to choose. Amy McGrath, lying to us to push her radical agenda. If you send me to Congress, I'll never lie to you. Amy McGrath, you just did. I am further left. I am more progressive than anybody in Dishonest. Radical. We can't trust Amy McGrath in Congress. Paid for by Andy Barr for Congress. We got great seats for the game. Flu don't care. This presentation could mean a promotion. Flu don't care. Maybe the flu don't, I mean, doesn't care. But at Baptist Health, we do. And the best way to protect yourself is to get a flu shot. So stop by a Baptist Health Express Care or Urgent Care. Or visit BaptistHealthClinics.com to hold your spot in line. Because flu don't care. But Baptist Health does. Kroger can help make wellness happen your way. You'll save with preferred pharmacy pricing on more Medicare Part D plans than any other retail pharmacy. With $0 copays on certain prescriptions. Plus, Kroger offers you health and nutrition support with all the delicious foods you need. 
Transferring prescriptions is easy. Just call or bring in your prescription bottle and we'll take care of the rest. Save with preferred pricing on your Medicare Part D plan at Kroger Pharmacy, as cited in the Drug Channels Institute. At iHeartMedia, we know that marketing to your customers is a challenge business of all sizes share. We can help. Not only does radio reach 93% of Americans every week, more than Facebook, Google, and even television, but recently, privacy concerns have forced social media platforms to scale down their advertising options, while radio is expanding its reach and targeting through the iHeartRadio app every day. Visit iHeartMedia.com to learn more. Again, visit iHeartMedia.com and put AMFM to work for your company. Now, back to Tape Talk Radio with Quint Tatro and Daniel Zono. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Tape Talk Radio. I am your host, Quint Tatro, giving Daniel the week off. We are interviewing Ursel Ellis of uh, the, well, I'll let you, I'll let you, introduce it you 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 have given us um 40 minutes of goodness talking uh, about your start in the business um muck and stalls we talked about your your memory of man of war um some historical facts regarding his um uh, dominance of the sport and the bloodline that is still uh dominating today uh 86 years young what are you doing with yourself these days ursel well uh of course, I have a radio show that I do. I've been doing radio since 1960. You got a face for it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's what my wife says. <laughs> That's from one radio host to another who's heard that share many the same times. Haircut, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, when I went to work for the Blood Horse in 1958, I met a guy named Art Bamo who was doing the race results on WLAP, 15 minute show. I got to know Art pretty well, and he asked me to fill in for him. It was a national race results. We would sit in front of an t- old-fashioned teletype machine and uh, look up the, uh, the winners in, uh, from a daily racing form, which at that time was a quarter. Boy, those days are gone. And um, anyway. Was it four bucks now? <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Five. Is it five? It depends on the day. Unbelievable. You know. Yeah, you almost have to knock off a liquor store <laughs> to buy a racing form anymore. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, <clears throat> I worked for them at one time, too. But um, I started doing the radio show with Art. All this time I had horses. I always had horses all the whole time. The radio show was just something I was yeah, doing. It was fun. And uh, eventually uh, it, um, Art kind of backed off, and he would fill in for me, and then he was smarter than me, and he quit. So that left me with a radio show, <laughs> and I just kept going because I enjoyed it. Not only that, I, you go on – when you look up, given the national race results, where you're looking at the results of races every day at every major track and some minor tracks in the nation, well, you get a good grasp about what's going on. And, you know, you see a young horse starting to get runners, you know, and say, hey, this horse is going to make it at stud. You know, he signed runners. So anyway, I, I just stayed on it because of that. And uh, I've been up and down the dial, AM, FM. This is a... 105.5, this is uh, what I'm on now. It's on an FM, first FM station I've ever been on. I love it. Great signal. Where can we hear your uh, show? Is it 105.5 uh, FM broadcast when, what time? It's from 8 till 10 8 till on 10. Saturday mornings. Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do it live, right? Oh, yeah. It's not uh, not like I, I'm, I'm a hack. You know, I, I this is pre-recorded. <laughs> um, we've got we've got like two minutes, three minutes, uh, not not a lot. You, you did an interview with Penny Shenery. Uh, it, it just aired again. Um, c- briefly tell us about your experience with that. Well, she lived in Lexington at the time. This was in 2004. And I went to see her because that was the, at the time. It was in June of 2004, and they were dedicating the, uh, an unveiling the statue of Secretary that at the Ken- Kentucky Horse Park. So I went to see her to talk about that because it, it was a big you know, they were going to sign autographs and da-da-da, you know, playing it up real big. But I wanted to talk to her about other things because everybody knew about Secretariat. <clears throat> so I started talking to her about her father, uh, C.C. Chenery, Virginia, the Meadow. And uh, yeah, he had two great Hildeen uh, uh, mares that he started out with, great producers. 
and descendants from those mares and different horses that, that he had raised, really wonderful horses like Hill Prince and First Landing. And, and uh, in fact, they won the first derby they won was with Reva Ridge before Secretariat. Good story there, if I got a minute. I asked her about that. I said, and her father was had Alzheimer's. Mm. And I said, did, uh, do you think he know, knew that he won the Derby? And, you know, he said she, he was with his nurse at the time, and he was sitting listening to the race and couldn't communicate or anything like that. And they watched it on TV, and the nurse turned to him and said, Mr. Chenry, you just won the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> Tears mm. in his eyes. Wow. She said that I teared up right there. Well, you're choking up now. It's yeah, amazing. Right. I mean, it's, you know, but it was a wonderful interview, mm. and she enjoyed it. I'm so proud of that interview because at the end, and we signed off, and right at the end she says, that was fun. And I said, uh, you know, I said, geez, that was, what a way to end an interview, you mm. know. Well, I, yeah. I, I have to end this here, and I'll tell you right now, this was fun. Yeah. So for our audience uh, that has gotten a special glimpse of this world, and, and uh, I'm going to work. You know, I've resolved today. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work. You need a podcast. You need to broadcast your radio show via podcast. I'll, I'll, I'll take you to lunch and explain all about it so that your audience can. You better be, take Tim or somebody. I'll take Tim. We'll That's get it done. That's all I can do to get the race results. Well, we, we're, we're going to get this done. So my podcast listeners, you can subscribe to that podcast very soon. It will be out there. Um, you've been a wonderful guest. We thank you so much for coming on our show and uh, and sharing your wisdom. You can catch Ursel's show, uh, 105.5 FM, uh, uh, local radio, every have, Saturday morning, 8 to 10. UrselEllisHorseTales.com. UrselEllisHorseTales.com, you can pick it up. UrselEllisHorseTales.com as well for his website. All right, you've been listening to Tape Talk Radio. Uh, remember... It will not make dollars if it does not make sense. Make it a great week, everybody. Take care. Oh, that's a good line. <laughs> I'm wrapped up in your mercy. I'm hanging on you.